God Conversations with Tanya Harris. So let me ask you that question. What does God tell me? <laughs> well, you know, thunder, lightning. <laughs> Mother Teresa, someone asked her, when did God speak to you? And she said, whenever he wants. So essentially the, the Bible is a, a collection of God Conversations, if you like. I had a vision of a car accident. And I'm sitting on the couch thinking, why have I just seen this? How could I know if God was speaking to me? How could I know that that or that thought was actually just me thinking about, oh, I just had some bad pizza. Jesus said we'd recognise his voice. It was never meant to be a one-way conversation. In church life, there seems to be two groups of people. There's the group who seem to hear from God really easily. God's speaking about this, God's speaking about that. It's almost like God is speaking every day. Then there's another group who struggle to hear God's voice. They heard God speak five years ago, and there's been silence ever since. It may surprise you to know that I tend to fall in the second group. I'm the hard case, the cerebral analytical type who struggles to pick up on the sensory cues. My friend, she's the opposite. She walks into a room and says, can you feel the spiritual atmosphere? And I'm like, where? What? Which group do you fall into? For those who've struggled in the past, is there anything that we can do to get better at hearing God's voice? Hi, and welcome to the God Conversations podcast. My name is Tanya Harris, and I'm a pastor, speaker, and founder of this ministry that equips you to recognize and respond to God's voice. On the show today, we're looking at the topic of hearing God's voice, particularly for those who find this hard. And we have the perfect guest to learn from. This woman is a prophet, teacher, author, business leader, wife and mother, all the way from the nation of Denmark. Welcome to the show, Penilla Lyland. Thank you, Tanya. It's so great to be here with you. Oh, we're honoured to have you, Penilla. Mm-hmm. You're such an amazing woman of God and you've been ministering mm-hmm. for 25 years in Northern Europe. So if you're from that area, you may already know Penilla. She has been involved in planting several churches, a Bible school. Now, I've received her bio and it really does read off a list of things here that I'm, I'm struggling to sort of condense into one sentence. But you lead the Danish Nordic Prophetic Apostolic Network. You run the Danish School of Prophets in Training. You serve on the European Council of Prophets and the Global Council of Prophets. And you and your husband, Andreas, just this month, have launched a new church in Sorrow in Denmark. It's, 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 quite, a, it's quite a record there, Penilla. It's very impressive. Well, I, I, I tend to be a little bit dumbstruck, as you can hear, because I'm thinking that it sounds so professional, but... Really, what I would love to just um, share my heart with today is that for me, the prophetic is extremely daily and it's very down to earth. And I keep saying that, you know, God is down to earth. I'm down to earth. And that's where I meet with him. Yeah, that's so true. And I just love the way that Holy Spirit connects us as well. Mm. I first met you, Penilla, didn't I, when when you were in Australia. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? That was um, the professional bio, but... Tell us a little bit about the Penilla God story. Well, I think for me, it really starts with um, always um, from a very young age, being spiritually minded in the sense that I I believed there was a God. I was 
reaching out to God, but I didn't really connect with him. Um, so I searched him in, in many matters, I think. I, I got into the New Age. I got into lot, loads of things to find God, but not consciously, actively talking with him. And I think when my friend came along, she'd been in kibbutz in Israel for a couple of years. She, she came back. We heard that she'd become a Christian. I thought, well, I better go to the airport and get her saved, get her out of this probably brainwashed um, state of mind. And so when I pick her up in the airport, I already connected with her in a different way. I got actually very emotional when I saw her. And when yeah. we later went to her apartment and she started talking about Jesus, I thought, this is very personal. And I reacted emotionally that I've never reacted before. So I tend to say that when I was 21, that's where my spiritual senses were awakened to God in a different way that I've ever experienced before. It's such a fascinating testimony, isn't it? Like it, It's interesting to me that um, your life wasn't changed by a whole lot of information or about a sort of a rational argument, but mm. there was something in your spirit that said, oh, I'm deeply attracted to this God. Was that, was, was that how it was for you? Definitely, because while she's sitting there talking about Jesus, she's actually quite straight. I mean, she she'd been converted, she'd become a Christian. She talks the whole, the full message: heaven, hell. You got to give your life to Jesus. But in between the lines, as I said, I'm starting to to feel emotionally awakened, and also mm. I realize, and this is what I can articulate later, that my eyes, my internal eyes, are being awakened, and I see in front of me two roads a dark road and a light road. And at the same time, also my conscience is being awakened to there is something that's called truth and there's something called lie in this world and I need to make a choice. So that mm. conversion actually becomes a conscious choice of choosing Jesus, where in that experience you can say, I'm awakened to while wow, he's speaking to me and I have to respond. So I end up on the bathroom floor a couple of minutes later weeping Speaking to a God in heaven that I start calling my father. Oh, Father, I, ne I never knew you were Jesus. I never knew that the Bible was actually real. Um, and yeah. I, I find myself repenting and asking for forgiveness, which is something I would never, ever have done. And if you know a little bit about Northern Europe and Scandinavia, we are, we are quite a proud intellectual part of the world. And we are very educated and we don't take things lightly in, mm. if you have a feeling or an emotion, so we don't really rely on yeah. that. But this is so real that you can't deny it, and I had to respond in my emotions to God. Um, and I think that I it helped that. that my friend, my friend, you know, she was saying, well, this is the Holy Spirit you're sensing. I said, Holy Spirit, what, what do you mean? I've only heard that in the Lutheran Church, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. But she says, no, you're, you're sensing Holy Spirit. So I guess my start in the walk with God was, okay, I'm becoming aware of a spiritual being whom I can talk very personal with. And I really mm -hmm. think that is a key, um, that it becomes very personal, it becomes very real. <laughs> and also, you know, the part of life where you realize there are things I can't do anymore if I want a commitment or a relationship with the Holy God. So mm -hmm. I, I became convicted without her telling me, the word sin, I knew there were things in life that I could not do anymore. I, I had to stop cheating, lying. Um, I wasn't stealing in particular, but there was that conviction of almost the Ten Commandments. Wow, maybe mm -hmm. God is real. These things you have to respond. So my relationship with God starts with 
a holy lifestyle if I want to know him better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing, isn't it, when we start to get to know God, our life inevitably changes. So you you came to know God at 21. Then how did your life unfold after that point? Well, we, we actually really didn't go to church. This all happened in an apartment in Copenhagen. And um, my friend says, well, I bet we better, we better find a church. So a couple of months later, we find a church. And um, I think at that point, when you start being connected to Christians and you hear sermons, you hear someone speak, you think, wow, there is a whole world here that the world doesn't know. They don't know how much wisdom there really is in the Bible and how much life there really is. So I think a natural call to ministry grew out of that. I want to do that. I remember seeing um, someone preach, and I just loved his message. I thought, I want to preach like that. Mm. I would never say that I want to become a preacher. I thought, you know, you've got to really, really know the Bible very, very well to become a preacher. But, of course, in that walk, I felt God says, well, yes, you're going to go to Bible school. So it was a natural, I just want to do this. I felt it deeply in my heart that um, I think I can do that. I think I can preach, <laughs> which was really you odd. Can. You can. Yeah, but you don't don't know that when you become a Christian. You you don't really compare yourself with these um, very intellectual clergy priests up there in the the pulpit. So I was there to Bible school. Yeah, sorry. It starts with having something to say, doesn't it, really? It's just really sharing, passing on what you have learnt about God as well. Mm. I think we we think preaching is some, uh, you know, professional thing to do but is actually proclaiming who Jesus is to other people and um, yeah I think you're a natural at that but anyway go ahead so you had that sharing <laughs> desire you wanted to go to Bible school and you found yourself in Sydney Australia yeah because you know I've only, I was only one year old in the faith and so I searched on the net for different Bible schools and many of them said oh you have to be three years old in the faith and I thought oh what I'm not good enough to go to Bible school. So I launched out just traveling the world. I inherited some money, and I find myself in Sydney, where I was recommended at church by some friends. You can go and talk to this person. Turns out he's the leader of the Bible college, and the Bible college starts in two weeks. And I thought, oh, well, hold on a minute. I've got a ticket. I've got to go to, um, I think, Solomon Islands or something, go scuba diving. I don't have time to go to Bible school. But it's like God says, yes, it's now. So... I remember going to the office night. This is the, in the 90s, so you go, you didn't go on the, on the internet at that time. I go to the office, Pitt Street, um, find the travel agency, and he says, oh, you know what? Your ticket has actually been changed. You can't leave Sydney. We've got to find another way out. So, you know, all these incidences turns out for, for a God appointment to stay in Sydney for a couple of years and, and study Bible school at um, Christian, what was it called? Uh, Christian Life Center was called at that time. Fantastic. And, um, and it's yeah, it, it launched me into this God world that is just so amazing yeah. and it's, it still keeps me going, I think. <laughs> and today now you've just started mm. planning a church, but you've been um, in mm. the world as a prophetic for a while, um, taking a lot of roles, connecting other prophets within Scandinavia, mm. ministering across Northern Europe. Um, hearing from God and helping others to hear from God as a prophet as well. Tell us a little bit about what you do, what that looks like now. Well, of course, I, I have to take um, the, the starting point from my own experience, but I have 
spoken to so many people now that I realize bringing them to a point of realizing this is much more easy than you think. And it's much more daily than you think. It's, it's actually the, the point of revelation. It's almost the point of turnaround for every person that I speak with. Or even in, if I go to a church and hold a seminar, I think the, the, the pinnacle of the day is when people come to that realization, wow, is it really that easy? Okay, so that yes. means I've been hearing God all the time. And I think that's, I, I like to see myself more like a coach in that area, like I'm coming alongside of them, like what the Holy Spirit's name really is a paraclesis in Greek, which means I'm the comforter, I'm a counselor, I come alongside, I help you see what you actually already know. But I think one of the, the key scriptures that I often refer to is that in Hebrews eleven six it says that he who comes to God must believe that he already is and that he already rewards those who seek him. So there is a there is a, a faith and a trust in a God who's already initiated a relationship with us that we can so easily step into. And um and I guess for me it's also helping people to connect on a personal basis with God, like the Holy Spirit, like you say, mm. you walk with him, you talk with him. Um, and I think you talk with him when you realize more and more how weak and helpless we actually are. <laughs> it's mm. almost the other way around. We, we, you know, I grew up very independently. I could make decisions for myself when I was 17, traveled the world, knew what I wanted to become. We are brought up very independently in Scandinavia. We are, we are, we're taught to think for ourselves and ask questions and don't, you know, take anything for granted. So relearning at least my independency is part of the key of being weak and helpless in a good and healthy way. Actually needing a God in my life initiates a, um, an awakening of my senses. I, I actually need mm -hmm. him. I need him to help me communicate. I need him yeah. in this relationship. And I think that awareness of my need really fires um, a conversation with God where I become more aware of, of him. I think what you said, particularly about understanding that talking or hearing from God begins with an understanding about who God is as personal, and that makes him accessible. I think that's a big bridge for people to cross sometimes. It's interesting to me, I, I recently just finished the draft of my next book, The Church Who Hears God's Voice, and I gave it to a Catholic priest to read and gather feedback. It's part of the process of publishing a book and give it to lots of different people for feedback. You know, and he said that what he loved reading it, but he said one of the things that really struck him that Catholic the people from the Catholic tradition might find a little bit surprising is how personal God is. Because there are lots of stories in there about God speaking to people about issues of their personal life, their everyday life. And I thought, isn't that interesting? Because it's about understanding that the Spirit was given to us as the ongoing presence of Jesus, walking and talking with us. And therefore, hearing from God begins with having the faith to believe that the Spirit can and will talk to us individually and personally. I think that in itself is a truth that we kind of have to grapple with and digest in order then to position our hearts in faith to hear from God. Does, does that resonate with what you're saying? 
Oh, I, I couldn't agree more. It's it's like when we read the Bible, we read of the the old prophets, and we thought, wow, they were close to God. They had this extreme spiritual lifestyle. And then we read, you know, in John 16, how Jesus says, well, I'm going to give you another comforter. And so I have to go away, and you're going to be very happy when he comes. That's my interpretation. And um, <laughs> yeah. when you start to get to know God, really, for yourself in the Spirit, he will lead you into all truth. He will convict the world of sin. You know, he will, he will declare unto you the things that are to come. So the prophetic ministry from the Old Testament really continues into everyday Christian lifestyle where, and I think maybe that could be a hindrance sometimes we think it's, oh, it's for the select few. But, you know, on the day of Pentecost when the Spirit was poured out on all flesh, it became just the natural way of Jesus coming close to all of us, really. And it's Jesus yeah. leading us on a daily basis into all truth. So I, I actually had a bit of a vision, if I can um, quickly share that, a couple of years back when we were in our council in Europe. And I, uh, it was a bit of a shock because I was not really seeking for it. And suddenly I see the Pope in front of me and I honor the Pope. I think he's doing a tremendous job <laughs> and I don't really mm-hmm. have a personal um you know, um, anything for or against the guy. Um, But I did see the Pope in this vision falling on his knees and seeking God deeply with a face towards the ground. And as he did, I saw church buildings falling all over Europe. And I felt the Spirit said that the mediator between God and man is about to fall in Europe. And I thought, the mediator, what do you mean? And I realized, oh my goodness, the man, the man we can call any man, the mediator, the priest, um, who he is from God for us is actually almost a crime in the eyes of God. It's not that um, he has not appointed priests and leaders, but if we make that person someone between me and my Holy Spirit encounter, I think we're in danger. And so I think we need to reconsider that the voice of God is much more personal and it doesn't come through a man or a person primarily. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And that is the distinctive of the new covenant, isn't it? And I think whatever tradition we're in, whether we're in the Catholic tradition, the Protestant tradition, the Pentecostal tradition, I think we all seem to fall back on that old covenant model where we look to a pastor, a priest, a a Mm. prophet to hear from God for us, but forgetting that the Spirit was given to everyone so that they could mm. hear from God for themselves. And these leaders, our role as leaders, you as prophet and others like yourself and in my own ministry, our job is to help other people to hear from God for themselves and access that new covenant inheritance that was given so long ago. So mm. I, I love that. We're talking with... Pastor Penilla Lyland, all the way from Denmark today on the topic of for those who find it difficult to hear God's voice. And after the break, we're going to talk a little bit more about some practical tips about those who struggle. See you in a moment. What does God sound like? How do I know it's Him? They're the questions I asked myself at 21. I'd read stories of God speaking throughout the Bible, but I'd never heard His voice for myself. So I decided to try it out. Speak, Lord. And if you make it really clear, I'll do whatever you say. My new book, God Conversations, is all about what happened when I heard God's voice. 
It won't tell you how to hear it as much as it will show you. As Jesus promised, we can all recognise His voice and know it enough to follow. Buy it now at godconversations.com. Welcome back to God Conversations, talking with Penilla Lyland about how to hear God's voice or how to get better at it. For those who struggle, I remember Penilla, I was sitting in a small group one time at church and someone with this throwaway line said, oh, God told me dot, dot, dot. And this other woman in the group just looks at them just so frustrated. She said, I'm so sick of people saying that. What do you mean God told you? I've never had God tell me anything. And I just felt for her because I felt her frustration. And I think there are people in church life, and maybe for you listening, that you've actually thought that too. I mean, how do we access this Holy Spirit? How do we experience the voice of God? What, what does that actually look like for you, Penilla? Hmm. That's a great question because, as you say, it is very personal. And yet I can see there are some similarities that if we are becoming aware of them, we realize, oh, wow, we actually do agree and we we both hear. But I think one of the things that we need to be careful of is the actual word hearing. If we say you should hear the voice of God, it becomes a struggle to most people. I can just tell you very honestly, I have heard the voice of God audibly. I'm almost 50 years old, audibly twice in my life. One was when I was five and the other... I was about 30. So audibly, I heard the voice. It was very loud. It was everywhere. It was inside, outside, and I couldn't really distinguish where it came from. And there was no doubt it was his voice. But very, very few people hear that voice audibly. Then there is the internal Uh, audible voice. And I'm one of them. I've never heard... I've never heard no. an out loud voice. And it was I wanted and, to. I'm like so jealous of all you people who seem to have these angelic appearances and a booming voice. Well, I I tend to say it like that. It's very good for you that you haven't heard because you probably didn't need to. Um, <laughs> it, you know, don't you don't really need to hear that audible. It, it probably means that you are so hard to wake up that you need it audibly. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. It's so, like God and, sends me and, to sleep to speak to me. That's what he does. <laughs> yeah, that's, Anyway, that's keep going one. what you were saying. Yeah, no, that's fine. And, and the other thing is the internal audible where you hear his almost overriding voice that stops everything you're doing. It's like, whoa, where did that come from? And I probably heard that maybe five times in my life. And I can tell you one time is one I was in, a long time before I got met, I was in love with this guy, Norwegian pastor, flew up to the church, stayed with, with his senior pastors, went to the church in the morning to, to meet with him. And as he walks in the door, I hear that so loud and clearly inside my head, no. And I thought, oh, thank you, God. I flew all the way up here, bought a ah. ticket, you know. You could have told me a little bit earlier. But, yeah, you know, those what are you very doing, clear God? moments. Yeah. <laughs> you haven't but, told me um, that story. That's a great I story. I, didn't, oh, that's, I need to hear yes. That's all I need to hear. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I didn't want that no, so I kept going for the whole weekend trying to, to avoid that I've heard the no, you know, and it just dragged it out. It became more and more embarrassing. So anyway, mm. he had to call it off. That's another story. But I think, you know, if we, if we think that we have to hear that voice, I think I could maybe just encourage everyone that's listening. You may not ever hear it that clearly. And Tanya, when you tell me that you hear it maybe, I think you said once a month, I thought, wow, good on you for being um, so tuned in. I I tend to 
help people awaken, and I call it the five spiritual senses. You know, we have the, the, the five natural senses, and each sense actually awakens our hearing, smell, taste, touch, feel in the spirit as well. And it's much more mm-hmm. subtle, and it's much more daily. And so some mm-hmm. people say, oh, well, that's just your own thoughts. The thing is, if you initiate and intentionally want to connect with God, you feel that you are connecting with a person, and it's not just, oh, it's just my own thoughts. And I think that process doesn't have to take that long. I find that when we when we do our seminars and we come forth and back with our little exercises, people thought, ah, oh, yeah, that's right. That's when I heard God. And I think Holy Spirit quickly um, quickens memories where you then ah oh, so that was it okay then I know and I just love that part of um, you know awaken as I say the five spiritual senses so when you hear God through those spiritual senses what is can you describe what that's like yeah so one instance would be like we will do a little exercise close your eyes um, imagine and this is typically if we sit in a group in a in a church or in a, another person's house we say imagine your own house right now can you see your house your front door and then I make this little exercise with them can you count your doors can you count your windows can you count it out loud in your own thoughts and really what you say well that's just my own imagination and my own thoughts it says well those are the imagination and your own thoughts that God uses all right so people going okay and some people very few people actually struggling was seeing and imagining their own house door or the front door. But if I jump straight into say, now can you imagine Jesus? People freak out. It's like, oh, I can't imagine Jesus. How, how, what does he look like? What does his face look like? like it, it just becomes a too big mouthful, so to speak. So we start mm-hmm. very gently on a daily thing. But then when we go, for instance, into an activation of two and two, we say, now imagine Jesus wants to come and visit that other person's front door and what what would he like to say and we just Mm. sit there for a moment and let the spirit just flow now we don't necessarily say you have to speak in tongues and you have to get the whole shebang happening for you but when people want to encounter God I find that the spirit is right there and he initiates a conversation there and often people find well I just feel God is calling at your door and he just wants to let you know that he's with you and some of the things are extremely basic, but you see again and again, people are having an encounter, the eyes, you know, the, the tears start flowing or they feel, wow, that was very personal or whatever you said there could not have been something you made up. That was God. So I find that we have to start really, really basic. Maybe it's too basic for some people. Maybe they will discard it. No, I think um, um, I, I think it's really helpful, Camilla. Um, I recently read a book by Gregory Boyd, who is my one of my theological heroes, called Seeing is Believing, Experiencing Jesus Through Imaginative Prayer. And he actually has a section in the book on how throughout history this kind of um, understanding that the Spirit speaks in the realm of the imagination. So on the stage of our minds, and um, that's where the Spirit speaks into. So when you activate, when you become aware of your imagination and the thoughts of your imagination, you can then, through prayer, um, take that time to meditate on Jesus and then allow the Spirit to take it from there. And he brings out the whole tradition throughout history in these um, ideas. And I think in the Western world, 
we're a bit scared of that. We think, oh, that's just making things up. But actually, I, I think it's helping to, people to understand that the spirit speaks in a spiritual voice in the state of our minds. And it's not primarily a physical experience. It is a spiritual experience. And that where our spirit and God's spirit meets, that's where revelation comes in that place. I, it's, it's hard to describe in some ways, isn't it? But I think um, how you've just done that is really helpful. And perhaps if you're listening to this, that's something that you can practice what the exercise that Penilla has just shared, because out of that, um, and again, if we meditate on the truth of who Jesus is as our foundation, I think um, that's a really great place to start. I love how you say all that, uh, uh, Tanya. It just makes it more legitimate that, you know, when when a scholar has actually brought it down to that daily living with God, it it makes it legitimate for me too. I think another way is, to understand how Jesus comes in different forms. Mm -hmm. um, sorry. Um, in in the way he is my counselor, he's my father, mm -hmm. he's my bridegroom, he's mm -hmm. my friend. And so relating to Jesus in a very practical way um, actually yeah. helps the conversation as well. So he would, he would talk to me as a friend or sometimes I would feel now he directs me as a father, or he would correct me gently as a father. And I, yes. I think relating to that um, form, that character of him, really helps. Yeah, it's interesting, um, the Ignatian exercises. So Ignatius was a man from the 16th century, and he developed these practices. And he uses the parables and the stories of the Gospels particularly and encourages people, say, for example, the story of Zacchaeus. Imagine that you are Zacchaeus and you're trying to get to Jesus and you're up in the tree and you imagine that yourself in the story and then allow the Holy Spirit to minister out of that. And I think that's a brilliant way to start. Mm. I think... I think that one of the biggest surprises for me, and I had such a different background to you because I came out of church life where we believed God stopped speaking. And so when I first heard God could speak, that was such a foreign concept for me. And I had no idea of spiritual senses. I, <laughs> I didn't feel anything. And um, I remember I said to the Holy Spirit, please teach me what you sound like. And some of the early experiences for me the surprise because the spirit spoke the thought in my head and it didn't have this external physical effect and but it, and it was it was just in my head but it, I knew that it wasn't my thought because it cut against my own thought and I'm fascinated by the fact that the spirit spoke spontaneously and I wasn't even listening but I think there's I think what you're bringing here is how much there's a place that we can cultivate within our prayer life where we can really develop our spiritual senses and be more sensitive to the Spirit. And I think, you know, it's interesting to me that over the years I said that I'm the hard case, but I have learnt to develop my spiritual senses. And I think that's something that we can do that starts mm. from that position of faith of believing mm. that God is good and that he rewards those who seek him and that the Spirit was given to every one of us. Not just mm. the prophets, not mm. just the priests, oh, not just God. the Pope, no. not just the pastor. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a, it's, you know, sometimes you think, oh, you can just hear from God for me. 
But mm. the privilege that we all have is that every single one of us can hear from God. And I love mm. that. Mm. And you know what? Sometimes, Tanya, I actually realize that the Holy Spirit is um, reminding me of my love relationship with God. You know, Jesus didn't come to give us the Ten Commandments. Again, he says, you need to love God with everything, your mind, your soul, your spirit, everything. You need to love him. And sometimes our lives become busy or technical or educational apart from love. And I think when we get back into that, oh, yeah, I actually really love God. I just love him. I love how, you know, you celebrate his goodness or his, his mm. beauty, his, his nature, Everything about him is wonderful. He's a good father. And when you awaken, awaken your love for God again and for your neighbor, it, 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 that's where the rubber hits the, the, the road, so to speak. You, you become very practical with your love life with Jesus. It means to serve other people. It means to reach out. And um, you know where it says in, in 1 Corinthians 14 that you need to really chase love. You need to hunt, I, I think the word in, in English mm. is you really mm. need to go after love. And then it says to go after the spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. And I think mm. you have to go after love first for the spirituality to be activated, really. And I think I, I like to say it like that. If you just start to love people your natural giftings will come out of you. Either it will be serving, it will be prophesying, it would be healing the sick. However you want to help people, Holy Spirit will help you. Yes, yes. What a great starting point. Mm. Penilla, you've been so helpful, and I just love the fact mm-hmm. that you can break it down and make it so simple. Um, mm. I love the fact that you live what you teach and that you live a Spirit-led life. And... Just hoping that um, the borders open up so we can come and visit you over there and see would love that. Again. I would and love have that. Pastry, have some pastries and um, mm. try and talk a bit of Danish. But um, it's been great to have you on the podcast. And, you know, any, any final thoughts you would like to leave with our listeners before we say goodbye? Mm, I, I think... Um well, first, it was a real privilege to be on your show, Tanya, and just really walking with you in life. Like we were talking about how God-ordained friendships really bring out so much more of, of God's revelation. I, and I think my final thought would be that you can encounter God in every relationship that you meet. And it doesn't have to be a Christian. It could be non-Christian. Mm. But God is really present in relationships. And I think if we would just wait for him a little more and, and, you know, reach out, yield is probably a good word, and see how he encounters you in the blessings and in, in the beautiful relationships that he gives you, that's a very great starting point. So Absolutely. I'm very grateful for our great um, friendship, because I encounter God every time I speak with you. So oh, I love God for that. Yes. I love that. <laughs> and all the best with your church plant as well. We're super excited to hear that. Thank I'm, you. I'm sure Thank that. you so much. Great to have you on the show today. Don't miss the next episode by subscribing on iTunes. Search for God Conversations with Tanya Harris and click subscribe. While you're there, leave us a review so others can learn to hear God's voice too. 